Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Jordana Levine, and you're listening to the Inspired Table Podcast. Each week, you'll be led down an inspired path of curiosity as I chat to some of my favorite soul-centered folk about the things that inspire me daily in the hope that some of that juicy inspiration will rub off on you. So pour yourself your favorite cuppa and take a seat at my table. I promise you'll leave happier, healthier, and bursting with inspiration. couple of weeks since I had an episode of the Inspired Table podcast and my only excuse is that I've been so run off my feet that I haven't even had a chance to record and edit them but I make up for it with this gorgeous interview and I must say today's conversation is very timely considering my last sentence. It's all about slowing down, listening to the sweet sound of nothingness and getting comfortable with stillness. And it's with one of my favorite people, Miss Marja Jacobson. Marja is a yoga teacher and healer who touched me quite literally this year with her life-changing yin yoga classes, healing hands, and the love and joy that just floods out of her like beams of light. If you live in Sydney, you must pop into one of Marja's classes at Dharmashala in North Bondi. Trust me, there is no better form of self-care than chilling out in a yin pose and being gently assisted by this goddess. Also, quick note and fascinating note, I often find with these podcasts that whenever I interview a healer or energy worker, the audio is always affected slightly. It's something I can't hear at the time that we're recording it. And when I play it back to edit it, there's these sort of like white noise fuzziness it happened with Rebecca Detman and it also happened with Justine Peacock and it's happened again when I did this interview with Marja I've edited it the best I could but if you hear a little fuzziness know that it's well I don't know what it is an energy beyond my control some kind of magic maybe one might say a magic not even audacity can edit out so on that note enjoy the interview it's a really beautiful one. I grew up in Hong Kong um, and I grew up with my my mum my dad and my two sisters and at the age of eight we moved um, shortly after the Tiananmen Square massacre happened um, we moved over to Australia and you know, I never really realized at that time and not I never really realized up until recently how much of an impact it did have on on me um, mm-hmm. moving over here. And 
I, su- I suffered from, I say suffered, but I experienced um, a lot of anxiety as a teenager as well. Um, and it was something that I, that I kind of just, just, just lived with. I didn't really label it as anxiety growing up. Um, but it was only once I started doing my yoga teacher training that I realized that what I was experiencing, like the shortness of breath and the feeling out of my body and not being able to um, cope with really, really simple things, I, I started to identify with what I had as, as anxiety. So I had that as a teenager. Um, and because of that, I led, went into, I was quite a, a wild um teenager so I had quite a turbulent adolescence and it's funny because at 19 I ended up walking past Dharmashala which is a yoga studio in North Bondi and I ended up walking into a class there and I remember I remember just thinking I need to come back and I need to do this Mm. so from 19 up until now I've been practicing yoga so that's like 16 years I've been practicing yoga and um, it was the first studio that I walked into that is the studio that I now am in love with and and teach at. So it's just this amazing, incredible kind of 360 um, journey in that in itself. What was it about that first class, do you think, that hooked you? I remember thinking that I wanted to practice yoga because I didn't really like exercise. Like I didn't really like the idea of like sweating. and. I hear you, sister. I hated it. Like I was like, I don't want to sweat. I don't want to die. I don't want to pant. I don't want to, I just didn't want to feel all of those things. You know, I just, I just, I just wanted it to be something kind of easy that I could just move my body with. And I walked into yoga and I remember going, Oh my God, I can do all of this stuff. I can do it. I can do it. And I could get myself into a lot of the poses cause I was quite flexible. Um, little did I know further down the track, I, everything that I was doing was wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> at, at the time I was like, I can do this. This is great. I could go into like an open class and I could pretty much do most things and everybody was really lovely and really supportive and it was just something that I could do for me and up until then I didn't have anything that I, that was just for me. Um and it was something that I just kind of fell into which I think um yeah looking back at my 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 journey everything that I I'm kind of doing now is stuff that I fell into so it was a really interesting kind of kind of first step there um and then four years ago my father passed away and um for that I couldn't hold down a job like I was jumping from job to job all the time um events marketing retail bar work nannying everything and I wouldn't stay in a job for longer than like a year and my father passed away and it was quite a sudden thing and I remember just thinking to myself he was only 60 when he died mm. I remember just thinking to myself there's got to be more to life than what I've been experiencing like there's there has to be there has to be more yeah and I went back to yoga after my dad passed away and I remember going into the yoga class and it was a new studio in Bronte I remember going into a yoga class, grunting at the teacher, like not really saying anything, just walking in, grunting at the teacher, lying down, practicing, crying the whole way through the practice, getting up and leaving, and then just doing the same thing. Like I kept going back there, and it was such a safe space where I could just be me. I didn't have to explain anything to anybody. 
um, I just went in there and I could, it was like I was given the opportunity and the space and the support, the indirect support to heal on my own through yoga. And it was in that school where they um, were holding their level one teacher training. And I remember just kind of thinking, this is, yeah, this is, this is what I need to do. This is where, this is where I need to go. And that kind of just happened and money just came in to help me do that. It was the most, um, yeah, it was, everything just kind of flowed and happened. And then since then, it's just been like, I've been doing it for four years now and I can't imagine doing anything else. And what was it that attracted you specifically to yin yoga? Well, looking back at my journey with yoga, I feel like I needed to experience the more dynamic style before I could actually appreciate the softer style. Because for me, the stillness was something that I, that I really struggled with, um, I remember when I started meditating and I found meditation through yin, the, the, the main challenge for me was just being still for five minutes and not wanting to get up and run away. And with yin, I ended up accidentally going into a yin class. I thought it was a normal vinyasa <laughs> class and I ended up going into a yin class and just pretty much struggling the whole way through it. There were poses where I felt like I just needed to get up and just run away like get up and run out of the studio and run down the street mm. and I remember huffing and puffing the whole way through like I was one of those students that I look at now and I'm like shh <laughs> but I was one of those students that was like oh like throwing my like sort of like placing my blocks and moving things really noisily around the place but I I remember finishing and leaving and going I don't know why I it was like I hated every minute of it but I know that I needed to go back and I know that I needed to do it. It was just this, and I say to my students, it's like your mind will tell you the whole time that you're hating it or that um, you, or, or that you want to be somewhere else or that you want to move and that um, you're uncomfortable, but your spirit and your soul, which is, you know, what I try to work from and where I try to live from um, as much as I can, it needs that. It needs the stillness. So for me, yin was the most subtle way of finding stillness. Like it was sort of the gateway for me to, 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 to embracing the stillness. For everyone who's listening who doesn't know what yin yoga is, how would you define it? Basically, in a nutshell, yin yoga is all about exercising your connective tissue in the body, right? So yang yoga is all about um, th the main part and the main idea and intention with yang styles of exercise. And this can be anything from running to um, hatha yoga to a yangar yoga to vinyasa yoga um, to power walking to cycling, anything. The intention of that exercise is to exercise the muscles in your body. And to exercise the muscles in your body, you do that through movement and repetition. Um, and with yin yoga, it's the complete opposite of that. By relaxing your muscles and allowing your body to kind of bring space into the joints, the spine, the neck, and bring space around the muscles and the bones, you're, you're allowing the energy in your body to flow freely. Mm. Yeah, you're allowing any tightness in certain parts of your body to soften and to, um, and in that softening, you're allowing the energy to flow in the body and go where it's needed. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like, and you, you say this during class as well, it's those moments of stillness in between the poses 
that you really do feel that that flow that that it's kind of it just it just floods through you yeah totally so it's like with healing how I um, look at it is when it's all about self-healing it's this constant beautiful dance so there is part of you that is doing the self-work putting in the effort you know being mindful um, breathing focusing on your breath um, honoring your thoughts honoring um, sensations in your body so there is part of you that does that but then there is also the part of healing where you need to pull back and you need to rest and you need to let go of all of the doing and just allow yourself to receive with yin there are the poses where it's all about the awareness and you know sitting in the discomfort if there is discomfort um, honoring the breath, honoring thoughts, but then it's in the rest. So it's in the moments where you pull back and you can let go of the doing and simply allow yourself to be in your body in that moment effortlessly. That's where the healing happens. That's where um, that's where the energy floods the body and go and goes where it's needed to go. And it's in that rest that a lot of people they don't give themselves the time to do that, whether it's on the mat or off the mat in their lives. It's in the rest, in that stillness and in that complete vulnerability and surrender that all of the healing happens. Yeah, and I guess that's a big struggle with most people in the Western world is this idea of doing nothing gets you nowhere, <laughs> you know, and and the idea of relaxing and resting isn't going to improve or help you achieve an outcome. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, I feel like, you know, it's all about balance, as you know, with yoga, right? It's, it's, it's all about um, uniting, you know, the sun and the moon, the hot and the cold, the, the masculine and the feminine. And I feel like it's, healing is different with different people. Like some people who have um, grown up being a little more um, earth, like a bit more kind of chilled a little more kind of go with the flow they need to kind of balance that with action but the majority of people in the western world um especially in sydney the mass consciousness is that we need to always be doing and always need to be striving and we need Mm. to be working to be better lovers and better partners and better at our work and better at this and better at that and that's amazing like action is awesome and it's so important to have that um in life but they need to be able to balance that yang um, mentality and that yang aspect with the yin side of things. Like yeah. you need to be able to do that. Otherwise, people burn out and they get sick. Absolutely. And then recognize that in doing that, the the, the yang can be so much more beneficial. I, um, I remember when I first started doing – we'll use yoga as an example. When I first started doing yin, I was like, oh, such a waste of my time but I mean but also I was a convert pretty quickly because lying on the ground and doing nothing was really nice for me but I noticed an immediate improvement Mm -hmm. in my vinyasa practice totally totally yeah just by taking that time to you know lie in those poses for five minutes at a time and be okay with being stuck there and being in my head the whole time really improved my other my other flow on the mat yeah exactly I remember doing my um yin teacher training so I did a teacher training and we pretty much did yin for eight days we did just did yin no no yang (laughs) 
Um, and at the end of the yin teacher training, I went and did a vinyasa practice and I was so light and I was so nimble and it was, it was like muscles in your body. They're not meant to be hard. I remember someone, um, I read this book and this Buddhist monk was, I cannot remember the book, but he was talking about how your muscles are not meant to be hard. They're meant to be supple. Like even if they're strong, they're meant to be supple. And, uh, after it just being so light and I was like I've just given my muscles so much love and so much juice and I've just filled them with something that they've never been filled before and the joints in my body and the blood in my body and the energy in my body has just been given this really beautiful hug and this massive kind of just this immense nurturing that it hasn't had before and in that it's just brought so much space and lightness to to my to my yang practice it was it was amazing so i totally understand what you're saying i often when i'm when i'm in a yin class and because i i quite enjoy it because i am also quite flexible and so you know getting into the poses isn't an issue for me and i find myself able to relax quite well the thing that i do struggle with is the nothingness for five minutes at a time and the space to be in your head But I look around the room sometimes, especially at men who have very little flexibility and they're really struggling with every single pose, but they come back every single week. I know. Do you know how much I love them? When I see struggling in the class, I'm just like, I just have this immense respect because I'm like you. I've always been quite flexible as well. So that whole physical side, it, it does play a part sometimes when, when I when I go into poses, but that feeling of being stuck and that feeling of looking around the room and going, I can't do what they're doing, mm. that, that, that in itself is probably one of the hardest things. Um, I find being okay with your body and the position that it's in and just being able to kind of honour honor that and not judge yourself and just find that acceptance for where you are. But one of the hardest things I think for, for those guys is shifting from the yang attitude, like I can do this, I can stay in this yes, pose. Yes, and pushing. Yeah, and pushing, which is which is the biggest um, say no, no, but it happens. And changing that to a yin attitude, you know, rather than trying to stretch your softening and rather than trying to get to somewhere you're you're embracing where you where are and it's yeah. far out you know if anyone can master that on the mat they'll be able to master it in life so i guarantee you everyone in that class is struggling in one way or another mm. yeah. um another big part of what you do is um healing and i i know that you do it in a few different ways um, but how did that weave itself into your life? People ask me this all the time and, and I, it's so interesting because it's something that I look back at and I actually couldn't tell you a specific moment where I was like, oh, my God, I want to be a healer. Mm. And, um, but the only thing, the series of events that I can remember is, again, it started in, in my teacher training so there was a, there was, I remember leaving my teacher training and, and just thinking to myself, yoga is just the beginning for me for something. I didn't nece- necessarily know what it was, but it was like you said before, those restful moments 
where the healing was, I was like, that's where the magic is. Like there's, there's more to that. Like there's, there's, there's got to be a depth to that, that I've only, that you can only brush the surface of in a yoga class. And that whole space of being between awake and asleep, right, is where all of that magic happens. And we're only so lucky if we have moments like that in, in our yoga practice. But I remember, I remember meeting this woman, um, meeting this woman um, in a yoga class in the middle of my teacher training. And we just got chatting about Reiki and we just, we just started talking about it and because um, we were talking about how we like to sis, how we liked it when teachers assisted us in class. And I was like, yeah, I really enjoy um, touch. Like I really enjoy, I find that if someone can assist me in the right way or um, put their hands on me, it can really change my practice. It can really move me deeper into my practice. And she started talking to me about Reiki and then, yeah, I just started looking into that and it turned out that this one lady um, that I knew of through the school was doing her level one and level two and so I ended up doing that with her and I remember doing my level one and level two with her but then leaving it like kind of not really getting into it after that and then I revisited it again um, probably about a year after and did my level one and level two again with another um, Japanese lady um, and then that's when it kind of just kind of I just realized I was like this is this is this is what I want to do I've had Reiki by a lot of different people yeah and there's something special that happens when you put your hands on me <laughs> that sounds creepy it's not meant to but you know what I mean like there must be I mean I've done Reiki one with you and it was fantastic but there's something else right like there's something that takes one reiki practitioner and makes them very different to the next yeah i mean it might uh, it's probably hard for you to to define but it's not you know what it's as i'm listening to what you're saying it's my whole foundation with healing is I don't want, I don't necessarily need to know anything about you. Like, I don't really want to know. Like, I, obviously, I love, I love you. <laughs> I want to know stuff about you. But in a healing session, I'm more like, it's just love. Like, it's honestly, it's all I'm doing in healing sessions. Um, you know, along with the experience and certain other little things that I've learned along the way and meditation practices and stuff like that, it's, for me, the healing that I give is it's just love. Like I literally am just tuning into you um, and I'm just loving you. Like that's, that's, that's what it is. And it's not even that I'm giving you my love. I'm giving you the love this you've heard of it, this whole universal love. And it's, it is, it is a gift that people can tap into it easier than other people. Yes. But it, it, in my eyes, that's really what it is. It's, it's, it's just love. And I remember when I was younger, people, my, my relatives and stuff saying to me things like, 
Um, aren't you ever angry? Like, don't you ever get angry? Like, what, what's, what's, like, this just happened. You just fell over and cut your knee and you're smiling. And I'm like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I've always, I've always been like that. I've always been really open. And the funny thing is, if you meet people who are, and I've, this is a, a kind of common thread I found, people who are beautiful healers, they don't realize the impact that, that they have on people. Yes, like, agreed. Yeah, they kind of they 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 kind of be like, oh, you know, I didn't do it, you did it, and it's it's this idea that they're just being themselves. What about <laughs> just playing playing devil's advocate for a minute? Yeah, cool. You must have had a client come in who you didn't really love. I mean, <laughs> in the sense that <laughs> there can be a lot of people that turn up to healings, for example, looking for answers and, you know, with this desperate energy and trying yes. to fix things that they're not owning up to and, you know, yes. I'm, you know, worst case scenario. But yeah. what what would you, what, what happens in moments like that? Um, well, okay. The way that I kind of, my whole thing is if people are meant to come to me, they find me. Yeah. So I'm a massive like promoter of my healing sessions. Like that's more something that a lot of the people that I get are through my in, my in classes because they feel something in the end and they're like, I need to come to you. Mm. I, but I have had a couple of people who I have not known. Um, it's kind of been word of mouth or their family through Google or something like that. And they've come and they've kind of been really like so – this happens, this happens, I know I'm like this and this, this and this, so I just want to get rid of that. And I'm like, that's awesome <laughs> that you want to get rid of that. And I have to basically tell them that we can't control where that love goes. We can't control um, where the healing goes. Um, so whether it's into the physical body or, or it's something emotional or there's something energetic or, or whatever, we cannot control where it goes. It's all about you being as open as you can, me being as open as I can, and trusting in the session. And I have had people kind of go, mm, no, nah, that's not going to work for me. And I'm like, okay, cool, that's fine. I was like, but that's kind of, that's the way that I heal. Mm. Um, and if that doesn't resonate with you, it, it, it doesn't resonate with you. Because I know that a lot of people are very results driven and they kind of want structure and they want to know that they'll need four sessions every week and then this will be gone. <laughs> It's kind of like that doesn't work in the healing world. It just, yeah. it doesn't. And um, there have been people that um, have come in with that attitude and have kind of been like, okay, well, let's see how it goes. And at the end, they're just like, I get it. Yeah. I was talking to um, a couple of friends about it the other day, actually. I think that certain healers are right for certain people. Yes. Just like yes. you said, you know, the ones that are meant to come to you will come to you because I know I've had some amazing healing sessions and I'll rave about this person to my friend and then, you know, they'll go and see them and they're a bit like, yeah, maybe. And exactly. then, you know, the same thing will happen in return. They'll be like, oh, my God, you've got to see this person. It was life-changing. And totally. I'll go and I'll be like, oh, yeah, no, I didn't really feel anything. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And that's kind of – and that's – and that's and that's it. It's the same with anything, really. You know, like you go to a yoga class, you might look like a yoga teacher, and someone else will be like, "No, nah, no way." And there's this really awesome um, saying, and I'm just trying to think if it kind of relates to healing as well. Yeah, it can relate to healing too. People say, if you 
find a yoga teacher that you don't like, like you, that, whose class you don't like. Yeah. Go into their class until you figure out what it is about yourself that you don't like. <laughs> you are so right. And I also just had that conversation the other night. I have this one yoga teacher who, of course, I will not name. And I keep going back because I'm like, this is about you. This is not about them. This is about you. And you have to figure it out. (laughs) Totally. Totally. You're like, oh, but it's, and that in itself is the most healing thing too. Cause you're, you know, you know, when someone irritates you, they're just putting a mirror up to your face and it's, I think it's the same thing with, with, with healing. Cause you know, in, in essence, we're all, it's all energy. We're all just energy. Mm. That's it. We're all energy. We all want to connect. We all want, you know, to feel love. That's, that's why, why we're here. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. These little kind of lessons along the way that we, that we kind of open ourselves up to. Yeah. Um, So now to connect Reiki and yin together, because I know that they don't necessarily go hand in hand, but you do practice them together. Yes, People are lucky enough to attend your yin classes. You do the most beautiful, gentle assists, you call them. Um, And it does feel... (laughs) I do call them that. Gentle (laughs) gentle assists, I'm like, oh, love it. Um, But they they are so healing in every class. But what I find really interesting... Um, which you've said to me before, is that when you are performing them and when you're holding yin classes, you you find it very healing for yourself as well. Yes, I do. So the whole thing with the, one of the most beautiful things about Reiki, and this is, and, and I, I believe this is one of the main reasons why um, if anyone wants to get started on their healing journey, they need to start with Reiki. I really, really firmly believe that. Because Reiki is all about effortlessness. It's mm-hmm. all about, as a, as a practitioner, the least amount that you do, the more effective it is. So the idea is that some people have lost that beautiful fluid connection to that universal love, right? And for those people who find it a little bit trickier to connect, what a Reiki master is, is, is that connection for you. So it's like, I'm a vessel and the clearer that my mind can be, the clearer that my body can be, the clearer that my heart can be, my thoughts, everything. It has to fill me. It can, it can only fall over onto another person and touch them if it's filled me up completely. So at the end of a session, at the end of my sessions and my classes, I feel just abundant. I feel full. I feel relaxed. I feel amazing. So everybody, when they leave and they have that, you know, blissed out feeling, I've got that too, even more so because I've been doing it the whole way through the class. And it's, I wouldn't do it. Everyone's always like, aren't you exhausted? And I'm like, I'm not using my energy. If I was, and I was exhausted, I wouldn't be doing it Yeah, because it benefits everybody um, in it. And that's why I love it because it's all about you know, healing is, you know, you're out there that with that dance coming out and healing others, but it's so important to be able to heal yourself first and look after yourself first and then overflow. That's why I love it. Yeah. Now on that, on that line of thought, and if you're okay with talking about it, um, 
I know quite recently that you suffered from Bell's palsy. And I I was witness (laughs) from the beginning of how fast it managed to heal itself. Yeah. Yeah. Can we can we just talk a little bit about that if you're all right with talking about that? It was it was okay. It's I feel like one of the things that's a blessing and a curse with people who become more and more sensitive to energy, when you're at, when you're starting to become unbalanced, things just like you can, it it hits you like, like, like a ton of bricks. And if you keep ignoring it and keep ignoring it, the only way that it will show up so that you deal with it is for me was on my face because, um, you know, the beginning of this year, there was a lot of change in my life and I was kind of, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I've got a happy disposition. You know, I'm good. I'm good. And, and, and I was, but there were certain things that I wasn't addressing. And in order for me to address them, this thing came up on my face, right on my face. And it was, oh my God, it was just, it was like, um, the right side of my face, like I'd had a stroke. It was like you'd had a stroke. And you saw me. Yeah. But when when you saw me, I was actually better. Like that that was better. I remember I couldn't close my eye and the muscles in the right side of my face had completely stopped working. So the muscles on the left side of my face started overworking. So it's like I was like Popeye. So the left side of my face was scrunched. And the right side of my face was droopy. Like I couldn't even close my right eye. You could see like the inside of the bottom of my eyelid. Oh my God. And it was just, it came on in like a second. Like I was Skyping my cousin and all of a sudden I just felt this thing in my face. And I remember just thinking, oh my God. So terrifying. Can you just explain to people what it is exactly? So Bell's palsy um, is basically you have a nerve in um, – there's this one nerve, the facial nerve. Um, you have them on both sides of your face. And what happened is a trigeminal nerve, so it runs three branches across your face. So one from kind of just under the ear to your chin, one um, under the ear kind of to your nose, and the other one is kind of over your forehead to your ear. And what happened was that trigeminal nerve – so interesting um it it um had a viral infection so what happened was i basically caught a virus through cold wind i slept in aircon really cold aircon and i'd never sleep in aircon and i basically got a chill up the back of my neck and it hit my facial nerve and then that facial nerve got a virus so it got sick and then that trigeminal nerve just stopped working like any virus it took, you know, you just have to wait till it leaves your system. But I couldn't smile on one side of my face. I couldn't eat properly. Like if I drank soup, it would just fall out of my mouth. Oh, my God. No, it was so bad. Um, and one of the things was that you can't whistle, right? And this is this is a really funny thing. It's, it's funny now. Because <laughs> you lose muscles in one side of your face. You lose the um, motoring skills in one side of your face. So I couldn't whistle. So every day I would wake up and I'd try to whistle and I'd be like, oh. And I remember I was on a plane coming back from Hong Kong when I got this. And I had to wear like an eye mask because I couldn't close my eye to sleep. It was so bad. 
It was so bad. And my hearing in the right side, it's still not completely healed. Like I have a really, really, really sensitive eardrum in the right side of my face too. And if you look at my face, it's not 100% healed. Like there's still um, really, really slightly like my right eye doesn't, it's slightly bigger than my left, but I don't, it's, I don't Only care. Only something like, it's that kind you would notice, I'm sure. You wouldn't notice, but it is. And it's caused, one of the things, is, like most illnesses, you know, doctors say, oh, it's stress-related. This was apparently stress-related as well. Mm. Like it's a really big thing and, and it's quite well known that Bell's palsy, one of the main triggers is stress. But people can have it for years. Like it can last. People, some people don't recover from it. Yeah. And I remember reading about it and just going, no, no, no this is not. Absolutely not. We're <laughs> not allowed. But you know what the funny thing is? I went and saw this other healer dude who I'll tell you about in a second. But it was the turning point for me when my face started to when my face started to heal was when I actually had a moment one day and I was like, you know what? If my face is like this for the rest of my life, Mm. this could be worse like I was like I will be okay and it was when I had I kid you not four or five days after I had that realization I started to feel like tingling in in my face and um I started feeling really slight movement in the corner of my mouth and it was just like this huge um the healing, the, the amount of healing that happened for me was the ability for me to love myself regardless of physical body and my physical, my physical appearance. Yeah, and wow, you know, that's mass, that's massive, that's massive. For, for, you know, like we've all got self image issues and, and all of that stuff. And what helped me the most was there was this, this other healer who I'd heard about through a friend of a friend and he did, the, I saw him three three or so times and he was the one who kind of um just reminded me um about my heart and he's like you just it's 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 all about love for you like it's it's self-love and and all of this letting go of doubt and all of that stuff and it was it was a really pivotal I would not if I could go back and change it I wouldn't change it I, I I needed to have Bell's palsy in order for me to come out the other end like it was a blessing and a curse but it needed to happen and I'm and I'm I'm a I'm a changed person because of everything that's happened this year Mm. and it's 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 incredible that I can um say that yeah most definitely so let's talk about the let's talk about the healing side of it because I know you know when something like that happens especially when it's a, a physical thing and a medical thing yeah. that, you know, there's half of us that's like, I can heal myself. And then the other half is like, oh, no, look, I should probably go and see a doctor. Um, <laughs> totally. And I'll tell you something. I, one of the things, I Western medicine is amazing. It's incredible. And I needed, at the beginning when I had Bell's palsy, I had to take steroids. I had to take these hardcore steroids because my face was inflamed. Mm. So the steroids helped reduce the inflammation so and I needed that help with reducing the inflammation before I could heal the nerves so it was kind of I needed um I needed I needed medical help as well like it wasn't just something uh, 
it wasn't just something that I could lie in bed with my hands on my heart and my belly and heal. Like I'm, I'm not the type of person that's kind of going to tell anyone that, that, that putting my hands on them is going to heal them of every ailment in them. It's, it's more the fact that, um, it's about being smart, like having, having a balance of, of action and, letting go as well so there was the part of me that was like okay this this needs to go before I can start to work energetically with myself and um with that kind of rational way of thinking yeah it I needed both western help as well as like the eastern help of reiki and healing and stuff like that I remember um when it first happened you obviously were taking some time to rest and so you weren't teaching and then you got to a point where you were like, I think I need to teach. Totally. Because, it, you know, like we said before, it, it heals me as much as it heals other people. So tell me a little bit about that experience. Yeah, I got to a point where I was like, okay, I wasn't in, in any pain. Like there was no um, pain. There was discomfort. And sometimes I'd wake up and feel a little bit achy. And if I did talk for long periods of time, um, mm. I got tired. But I remember getting getting up one day and just going, "I need, I need to, I, I need to go back and I need to teach because I, I don't know. I just felt like that would really help me." And I remember because one of the main reasons why I didn't want to teach was because I didn't want people to see me like that. Like yeah. I didn't want people to be like, oh, my God, what happened to your face? You look awful. Like mm. that that was the main thing that was, and I'll be honest, that was the main thing that was kind of that I didn't want to do. You're in front of a whole bunch of people. They're looking at you. You're talking the whole time. And, and I just thought it would be really uncomfortable for them. And I realized it was like, no, it would just be uncomfortable for me. And when it comes to teaching – it's got nothing to do, like, as a teacher, and I'm sure that a lot of teachers will agree with this, when it comes to teaching and showing up and teaching a class, it's got nothing to do with us. Like, it's got nothing to do with um, the experience has, it's like we're there to to share something and to be that, um, you know, that vessel for love and, and knowledge and that sort of thing. But I remember going back to class and just walking back in the studio and there was so much love. Like everyone was so supportive. Mm. Everyone was so concerned, but in this beautiful, just loving way. And I remember teaching my first class back and I just felt the best I had felt in my whole time with healing. I was just like, yeah, this is exactly what I need to do. And I remember someone saying, oh, I hope you're okay to teach. And my whole thing was the show must go on. Right, yeah. it's like the healing can't stop. Like the healing, um, it just it just needs to be this constant flow. And it's interesting now that I'm thinking about it because the healing should have. The idea is that if I'm uncomfortable, like if my back is sore as I'm treating someone, you need to move to find comfort so that that energy can flow onto other people. But in that time, people would come up to me and just say. I'm so happy you're back. Um, you know, we can just, we, I'm so happy that you're back. Um, we've missed this. Mm. And just, for them to still be able to feel that connection and that love while I still had that issue in my body, that was, I don't know, I just thought, I thought, 
I thought that was incredible. Like I was like, wow. Okay. It must be, it's a fine line though, because I'm listening to you say this and I hear you, yeah. I hear what you're saying, but it's sort of like, okay, you know, this, this ailment has shown up in your body yeah. and you need to take the time to look after yourself. But you want to go back to work, which granted your work, you know, isn't going back to an office, but you want to go back um, and people have missed you and you've been away for a while and, you know, where's that line of, no, hang on, maybe I just need to take a little bit more time for myself and not exert myself, um, but also, oh, but maybe if I go back and I feel the love of others and, you know, I start this healing process again, then that will be beneficial for me as well. So it's very... It's very kind of fuzzy, isn't it? It's fuzzy. But when I, one of the things I remember, I, there were a couple of weeks where I was like, I'm coming back, I'm doing it. I put up posts on Facebook and I was telling everyone and then I didn't. Mm. And I was like, okay, what part of me wants to go back right now? Is it my head or is it? And the first two weeks, it was very much like, I'm not working, I'm not making any money. You know, it was a very, um, it was a business kind of thing. It was like, I need to go back, I need to go back. But then I kind of took a moment and I was like, no, you really, this is, if you, you go back now, when, when you're not in a, in a good place, it will come back. The Bell's palsy will come back. That was like, it was kind of like this thing, like a test, like, have you learned? Yeah. Have you learned? And I remember I left it another couple of weeks and then it got to the point where I started to feel that tingling in my face and I was like, okay. I'm going to go back and I'm just going to teach yin. I'm just going to do yin, my four yin classes, because um, I don't have to talk a lot. And I know that um, it's like my my healing and my yoga is like air. Like I need it. It was like there comes, as I said before, the whole balance between action and letting go. It was like I'd kind of been like, okay, what steps can I take? that will be good for me. Mm. These steps were go back and just teach you like the four classes a week. Yeah. And, and that worked for about a couple of weeks and then it healed. It, it pretty much healed in like in five weeks, four or five weeks. So yeah. I made a decision. Um, but it was far out. This just, this, this thing of, you know, they say lessons are repeated until they're learned. And I remember I was like, have I, you know, I need to I need to pay attention to what my, my body is saying to me and, and you get tested along the way on the path of healing. You're always tested. Yeah. You know? So yeah, lucky lucky it all kind of it all kind of worked out. And and we're so grateful to have you back as well. Um, I was going to actually I was actually gonna to come to Yin last night. And I had I had this really monster day at work. I was on my feet all day and I was just like, you know, you know when you get home and your whole body's just kind of vibrating. Totally. Totally. Yeah, and I had this moment and I was like, Oh, I should really go to yin. Like my body my body really needs it, you know, like be so good, it'll be restored, I'll have a good sleep, I'll feel amazing. And then the other side of me was going, oh, my God, I'm so tired. I should just look after myself. I should just lie here at home and cook myself dinner and, you know, nurture myself. So I guess I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, there's so many different ways 
to look after yourself. And there's so many different ways to be still and do nothing. Mm-hmm, and totally. taking the action to make the decision to go to a yin class or maybe go to a healing session or sit in meditation is is fantastic and, and definitely encouraged. But also just taking the time to sit and do nothing at home yeah. and be okay with that and know that that is just as powerful and just as healing sometimes. Oh, my God, totally, totally. And, and I know exactly what you're saying. I have those moments all the time and I start, like, sometimes I start stressing myself out because yeah. it's like, oh, I should do this and I should do this and, you know, I don't, it's, I know what you mean. It's like going to yin, you would feel amazing. Staying at home, you would feel amazing. So you're like, oh, my God, what do I do? My whole thing is one of the be- most beautiful things I remember um, in my teacher training as well, um, we did a, a, a module called the psychology of yoga. And one of the things that I spoke to the teacher about was when you find yourself in moments like that, you're like, you need to ask yourself, okay, what would love do? What would love do right now? And it's like, love would eat that soup and stay on the couch. Like, yeah. and it's, and in, in different moments with different people, you know, love would be very different things. You know, like I remember people telling me that um, love or my view is like love sometimes can be really mushy and really nurturing and, you know, really supportive and really amazing. And sometimes it can be really hardcore and it can be really in your face and it can be really driven driven and really confronting. And in different moments in in your life, you need to figure out in that moment, what would love do for you? What, what, What would, what choice would love make? And then you'll always find that you make the right one. Oh, that's really lovely. I'm going to use that. <laughs> You're like, I'm just writing that one down now. I'm just going to write yeah, that cool. one down and post it on Instagram. Um, Marja, if people want to find out a little bit more about you and what you do, where can they find out those things? Um, um, in the virtual world, they can go to my website, which is yogawithmarja.com. Uh, um or you can find me at Dharmashala where they'll find you as well. I don't know yeah. if you would be able to post that. <laughs> <laughs> they'll find me also teaching at a couple of schools like the Living Room and Dharmashala. But online, best place to find me, um, yogawithmarja.com. And I've got um, links on that through to Facebook and Instagram and all that other crazy, crazy jazz. Beautiful. And I'll put that in the show notes. And I know that you're doing some Reiki training as well, Reiki Level 1. Yeah, I do Reiki level one kind of all the time. I'm, I've got um, my first um, my first day retreat. I, I did another retreat at the beginning of the year, and all of my all of my retreats and, and training and stuff like that. It's it's around Reiki because that's kind of um, the healing that I teach and I'm qualified to teach and, and where my where my heart is. So um, I've got one day retreat coming up on this Saturday at the Bondi Yoga House, which is um, awesome I've got a couple of spots left but um, I'm going to be holding a lot more um, I want to hold like a couple of retreats next year and stuff like that yeah, too beautiful. I have to come and do my Reiki too with you you totally do yeah. I might get like a group of people together to do that together because I find that they um, it's better when you can actually do some hands on stuff yes. with other people in um the level two so i might organize something like that coming up coming up soon but if you wanted to do it one-on-one we could do that as well but um yeah there's heaps of people that have told me they want to do their level two too yeah i mean level one's so amazing and you walk away and you're just like yeah i'm just gonna heal myself and all my friends and then you're like no i'm ready for more 
you know, and that's and you know what this is the thing it's like when I did my level one and level two I left it for like nine months to ten months I did not even look at it again I was just like okay I've done that you know but that was you need you know everyone has their starting point and it's somewhere but you know when it's only when I personally when I went back and did it again that I was like oh my god this is amazing and the biggest thing with that with doing this stuff, embarking on this stuff, and as I'm sure you know, being your own, um, you know, one woman show too, you need support. Like you need people yeah. around you um, that you can bounce off and that you can kind of talk to about this stuff. So I'm going to organise a little catch up for all of us too. Yeah, beautiful. That's great. Do it. I would love yeah. that. I would love that. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. God, it's been so great. You're amazing. It's been so great. I've been wanting to have this conversation for so long, so I'm so glad we got to have it. You know what? Me too. Me too. And, you know, things, you know, we, we've kind of had a bit of a jumpy start, but I feel like everything kind of happens when it's meant to happen. So yeah. I, I feel really good. I feel yeah. really great after talking to you. And you are amazing as well. Like, thank oh, you so much for it. having me. I feel really honoured. I feel really, really honoured and blessed. Oh, so thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. All right, darling. Well, you enjoy the rest of your evening. And I'll, I'll see you on the floor in Dharmashala soon. That beautiful. Take care, gorgeous. Thank you. I just wanted to jump in and take this opportunity to let you all know that the next Inspired Lunar Nights is coming up on August and it is actually on the night of the new moon this time which is super exciting because it means all that magic and all that power and all that manifestation potential is heightened so if you came to the last one I would love you to come again it was such a great group if you didn't make it to the last one now is your opportunity tickets are selling fast they are run monthly though so if you can't make it on the 3rd of August I'll let you know when the September one is but for all the details all you have to do is go to theinspiredtable.com.au forward slash events to get your tickets I hope to see you there 